coming to you from the Deep South. This is the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast. High impact leadership is not reserved for leaders, and it has nothing to do with your position, title, or rank. However, it does have everything to do with your character. It's time to climb to the next level and beyond, personally and professionally. Now, let's start making it happen with your host, Max Story. Hello and welcome to the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast. And thanks for listening. Today you're listening to one of 15 episodes that I recorded with my wife, Rhea Story. So you'll be hearing both of us speak together. And we're speaking to you about a, a book that we actually wrote together called Change Happens, Leading Yourself and Others Through Change. And it's based on uh, a lot of principles that, that we learned along the way. And we'll share some personal stories, some things that are not in the book. But as you listen to this, if you enjoy listening to Rhea, and I'm pretty sure you will, make sure you check out her podcast, which you can find on your favorite app by searching for her name, Rhea, R-I-A, Story, S-T-O-R-Y. And uh, also, she's, she's all over LinkedIn. She puts out a lot of content. She's got a lot of books on leadership development and personal growth. So be sure to check out Rhea. I hope you enjoy today's episode. All right, everyone. Today we're on part five of 15 in our 15-part series, obviously, on Change Happens, Leading Yourself and Others Through Change. And today, I really like talking about this one. Rhea's going to share some stuff with you, and then I'll, I may share a little bit, another different story with you. But this, this, this section of the book is titled Change or Be Changed. So change kind of means you change yourself proactively. And then uh, be changed means the leader changes you kind of proactively, meaning if you can't change, you may have to be changed, meaning you may have to be replaced because some people resist change so much and don't ever get on board that they actually have to be changed. The leader has to change them, meaning, you know, terminate them from the company or move them to another department or most time it's termination from the company. So, uh, you know, when things change, we can choose to change with them or we'll find ourselves put aside, passed over, or pushed out. And that's that happens very, very often. And a lot of people don't even know it's happening to them. They think that's just the way things are. No, that's the way things are when you refuse to change and you resist change. You mm. got a story that relates to something, something kind of like that, maybe, real. I do. Um, you know, Eric Hoffer said, in times of change, learners inherit the earth, while those who have learned find themselves beautifully equipped to deal with a world that no longer exists. And that, to me, that's just a profound quote. We've kind of touched on that a, a little bit already, but you know, in times of change, learners, meaning those who are willing to unlearn and relearn, they inherit the earth. Uh, those who have learned and refuse to, to unlearn and relearn are beautifully equipped to deal with yesterday, but that world is gone and, and times will move on. So it's been quite a quite a few years ago. We're not even going to talk about how long ago, but I was working for a small organization and I was one of the managers uh, there. So in a formal level of um, leadership position, level of leadership. And there were four there were four managers for the whole um, uh, organization in our location in that little one specific location. And so, you know, we had to work 
pretty closely with each other to make sure everything got done. So if somebody wanted a day off, for example, then you had to go to all of the other managers and make sure they were willing to cover your shift and your time. And, you know, we all worked together. So everyone was willing to, to pitch in and do that. But um, we did have to, you know, follow along and work with each other pretty closely because there weren't that many of us. And um, I was always working the, the opening shift. So, you know, it was my job when the you know, when it was time to open the store, it was my job to come in. And so I was always coming behind the night manager. And so that person was responsible for closing the store and, you know, closing out the, um, the register and reconciling the accounts and cleaning and all of that and finalizing all of the day's receipts and things like that. And so then I would come in the next morning and, and open up and get everything ready to go. And um, this particular guy's name, I'm going to call him Joe, um, the night manager, he was really, you know, he was very good relationship oriented person, you know, he just loved people and he loved to have fun, even at work, like he liked to goof off and make jokes and build great relationships. And, you know, that really was his gift and his strength. But he didn't have a lot of strength in actually making sure the work got done, right? He was more focused on being buddies with everybody. And in, instead of making sure all the job got all the jobs got done. And so I would consistently come in on the morning shift to, to open the store and, you know, the store hadn't been cleaned or the, the accounts hadn't been reconciled or the night deposit wasn't taken to the bank or, you know, it was just consistently a problem where I was running into these issues and I wasn't really the only one who's noticing them, right? I just noticed them a little more frequently because I was usually the first one there in the morning. And so our top level manager, you know, the, there were four of us total, but three of us reported to the top level um, overall location manager. And, you know, she realized that um, Joe was just focused on having fun, but he really wasn't getting results for the organization and doing what he needed to do in, in his job and his role. And so, you know, she asked us to, to kind of witness, um, you know, for HR purposes, she pulled Joe aside and had a, a really good conversation, you know, hey, Joe, you're just not meeting the expectations and getting the work done, you know, really appreciate that you're building some great relationships with the team. But, you know, in any organization, you have to balance those relationships with results. And, and that's where his strength just wasn't there. And so, you know, he he was very humble in that conversation. He agreed to, to do better and to work on that, acknowledge that, you know, he, that really was not a strength for him. And um, overall, it was a really great conversation. So we document everything for HR purposes and, and move on. But Joe didn't change. Now, in the past, because Joe had been there much longer than I had, in the past, Joe's behavior and lack of results really wasn't a problem under the old ownership See, we had um, come under new ownership in the organization and the new owners had higher expectations. And so now that spotlight that you talked on some previous episodes, that spotlight was shining down on our location because the new owners were looking at things under that spotlight and they were seeing some things that they did not like. And so new expectations meant we all kind of had to step up to the, the new level of expectation, right? There was a change. But the problem was Joe just couldn't or wouldn't. He just either wasn't willing to or wasn't able to change. And within just a couple of months, Joe got changed and ultimately was terminated. And, you know, you never want to see that happen. As the leader, 
you want to be able to bring everyone up to speed and on board. But at some point, as the top level leader in an organization, you have to come to this the decision. If this person isn't willing to change and they've been given the opportunity and they've been given the opportunity and you as a leader have taken on the responsibility and helped you know, mentor them or develop them and they're still not willing or able to change, at some point they become toxic to the team, right? If they're not able to pull their weight and perform. And so as the top level leader, at some point you've either realized that person isn't going to change and so you're going to have to change them yeah so that that organization was probably like most of the organizations i worked in in my career but but they didn't have a, a strategy of growth and development they had a strategy of hoping and wishing when it comes to change i mean they didn't give you all leadership development you didn't get any kind no. of personal growth leadership development any kind of material like we're talking about today that new owners just bought the company and and they started managing. They were not leading. They were right. managing the company. They were making changes and everybody had to get on board or get off the train. Is that right? That's exactly right. And, you know, in this particular case, somebody just wasn't getting on the train and got left behind. So the companies who don't do all this development, because Joe, Joe, potentially, if he had had development for the previous six months or the previous six years, depends on where you're at and how long you've been there. But if you're in a company that grows and develops people, First of all, you probably wouldn't have been having the issue to begin with. So when the mm -hmm. new owners took it over, you wouldn't have to, to deal with it. But if the new owners understood about leadership development, they could have come in and started growing and developing the people on the front end before they started making these changes so that people were open to it. And maybe they would actually start making the changes on their own before the leaders even asked them to change. And that's where you get buy-in from, from the people. But most companies don't do that. They don't do any kind of development. They just make changes. But that's management of people not leadership of people. So I want to tell a story that kind of relates to this point. And it's not my story. It's John Maxwell's story, but I, I hadn't told it in a long time, but I, I used to tell it all the time when, before I start writing my own books and talking about my own stuff, but it, it just fits right here. And if you guys have been listening, we told you, we're not going to read this book to you. You can buy the book and read it. There's a lot of good information. It's really uh, concise and precise in the book, but we're just talking off the cuff, unscripted, stuff that we want to talk about to support uh, the, the book content. Some things may be from the book, but most of it's not. Most of it's just something else. So John used to talk about, John was a pastor. And he talked about, he took over a church one time. The church basically had a thousand people in the church. So John took over as, you know, the leader of the church, the leader of all the, you know, everybody, the staff, everything. And so he brought his staff in. And he was hired as the new pastor to actually grow the church. So he brought everybody in. He got on the whiteboard and he wrote 1000 on the board and he drew a line across the board. And he, he says, he said, I know you can lead a congregation of a thousand people because you've been doing it. You're doing it now. I know you can do that. You're equipped and you're qualified to lead a thousand people. And then he drew an arrow up and he wrote down 2000 and he drew a line across it. He said, that's my job. I've been hired here to grow this organization to a from 1,000 to 2,000. He said, I don't know if each one of you are capable of leading a congregation of 2,000 because we, you haven't ever done it. You're not doing it now. He said, but that's my job. He said, how am I going to get us from 1,000 to 2,000? He said, I'm going to change you or I'm going to change you. And he said, I'd rather change you than have to change you. And basically what he was saying he was a leader. He knew what he was going to do. He was about to grow and develop the people. 
that was the first way he wanted to try to change the, his leadership team. He wanted to change their mindset by growing and developing them. That's, that's the preferred way that he wants to change them. That's the preferred way any leader wants to change the people is through growth and development. But if they can't and, and they put in the work, they're going to change them by, by doing what's right for the team. They're going to terminate the person who's not capable and bring in a person who is capable. But for a leader, that's a last resort, not the first resort. But for managers of people, they just kind of dictate out the change. People don't get on board. They get rid of the folks and hire somebody else. But that's expensive. It's expensive to be getting rid of people because they won't buy into change. Mm. And it's frustrating to deal with people who you keep because you don't want to get rid of them because it's hard to find somebody else to replace them. So then you deal with a lot of frustration trying to lead change with a group of people who don't want to change and they're fighting back and they don't have to change. You just like for them to change. <laughs> yeah, you're you're exactly right. You know, turnover in an organization is is extremely um, extremely expensive. And, you know, how much of that we could prevent if the leaders of the organization were just first growing themselves, but then also growing the others. Now, I realize that everybody's busy, right? If you're if you're in a job or even if you're, you know, in an organization or you own the company, you're busy, right? You got stuff to make happen. But growing yourself as a leader and developing your leadership ability is what's going to help you be more successful over the long term. Because the higher level your leadership is, the more impact you can have as a leader, the, the less turnover you're going to have, the less frustration you're going to have in the organization, the less resistance to change in the organization. And so there again, it's that long term thinking of recognizing if I slow down just a little bit today, and a little bit tomorrow, it doesn't have to be all day, but if I can just develop everyone a little bit along every single day or every single week, then that increases our potential for long-term success. I love the uh, analogy that Simon Sinek talks about that leadership is kind of like going to the dentist, right? If all you do is go to the dentist twice a year, but you don't brush and floss your teeth every day, your teeth are going to fall out of your head, right? Going to the dentist is not what keeps your teeth healthy. It's the daily brushing and flossing. And to me, that's just such a powerful analogy because as leaders, it's not the sending someone to a conference once a year that helps develop them. It's the daily interactions, the weekly book session, book club sessions um, or book studies. You know, how can we just regularly focus on development? Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty powerful. It's powerful stuff. So I want to say, uh, talking about people who, you know, get passed over and pushed out when, when we're put aside and passed over, we may never realize the, the many opportunities we missed as a result and leading as a consultant, leading companies through change and transformation. I've seen so many people, they don't even know they're getting passed over because they never knew they were going to get an opportunity. Mm. But I knew they were going to get an opportunity if they stepped up to the plate because mm. I had heard the leaders talking about what was going to happen. You know, if, you know, Rhea's on the team, we're going to put Rhea on the team, see how she handles this. If she does real good with it, then we're going to be looking to move her up to a certain spot or give her more responsibility or a raise or promotion. And they don't tell Rhea. They just want to see what she's going to do naturally because of who she is as a person. And then she gets on the team and she might resist change not support change and she misses the whole opportunity. Somebody else may step up. Somebody yeah. proactive steps up. 
I've seen that over and over so many times. I think it's John Maxwell who says, when an opportunity comes, it's too late to prepare, you know, um, because a lot of times opportunities come to those who are stewarding wisely the responsibilities they've been getting. Um, so, you know, if we're there again, proactive about taking ownership, taking responsibility, doing a little more than is expected, stepping up to the plate when we're asked to, instead of resisting change or being reactive or negative, then we'll find more opportunities come our way. Yeah, and, and once we're identified as someone who's resistance to, resistant to change and someone who refuses to change when necessary, our influence decreases and we begin to consistently get overlooked. You know, you may get overlooked one time, but as soon as you, as soon as you reveal uh, it's a pattern that you're resistant to all change, you're going to get overlooked all the time. You just like kind of slid over to the side and out of the picture. And, and when we develop that track record of resistant change, we may be terminated. We might be asked to resign. Sometimes people are asked to retire because maybe they've been there a long time and the people don't really just want to terminate them. So they, they give them an opportunity to retire. A lot of times that happens. So often, although not always, this is the direct result of continuously refusing to change and adapt to an ever-changing world. Opportunities and promotions may go to those with less experience or seniority simply because they demonstrate the ability and willingness to support and help their leader when change happens. That's common sense right there. If you're the leader, who you who you going to promote? The people who help you and support you are the people who resist you and badmouth you. It's, it's common sense, but doing what's commonly understood does, isn't always common practice. So low-impact people reactively go through change, and proactive people grow through change. And that's what we're talking about. There's people, there's people who talk to us. They buy this book, and they read it. They're on the front lines. They're in an entry-level position. Their leaders are not growing and developing them, but they're growing and developing themselves. So usually what happens is they're going to outgrow their leader. But what's going to happen is while they're doing whatever they do, they're going to be rewarded for it. They're going to be mm. acknowledged for it. You know, you have we have uh, a few minutes left, but one thing that I thought was very powerful in the book, you talked about the, the two um, – cost or the two the price of change in two different ways so would you speak to that um just a little bit because i thought that was really powerful in the book yeah leader, leaders leaders should help their team understand the price relative to change within the organization and it refers to two main areas and i i thought about this and come up with this actually when we wrote that book and uh it's pretty neat when you think about it but there's the two areas are time and energy and influence and again we're talking about relative to change. Uh, you know, leader, leaders should help their team understand they'll pay the price of change or they'll pay the price of being changed. Either way, you're going to pay the price. You either got to mm. pay the price and proactively engage with the change or either the leader may change you and then you got to reactively deal with that change in your life plus a whole lot of other changes. When you get terminated, there's a lot of change that you may not want. <laughs> so either way, you're going you're gonna to pay the price to change. So relative to time and energy, th this is a fixed price and must be paid whenever you decide to change. This is the price that must be paid to learn new skills and adapt to the changes. So what I'm saying there, whenever a change happens, there's a certain amount of time and a certain amount of energy that has to happen for you to embrace that change and make the change. You, your team members, whoever it is, that's a given. 
it's, it's like that's why I call it. It's a fixed price. You, it's going to take a certain amount of time and a certain amount of energy. No matter what, you got to do that. Whether you change today or you change tomorrow or you change two weeks from now or two months from now, whenever you buy into the change, it's going to require a certain amount of time and energy relative to who you are and what the change is. It's going to happen. The second area I talk about is influence. This price is variable, is a variable price. So timing is huge in this area. If you, if you lead change and or accept and embrace change early, you may actually receive a, a payment with an increase in influence. What I'm saying, I don't mean a, a literal payment, but I'm saying you're going to be rewarded because the earlier you buy in, you're going to, you're going to develop a, a greater level of influence with, with the leaders. And that's, that's worth a lot to people. People without influence don't have a good day at work. People with influence have a good day at work pretty much every day. However, if there's any delay in accepting, embracing and supporting the change, you will pay a price by losing influence. And you may never know you have lost influence, but it will happen. The longer the delay, the greater the loss. So when you think about these two areas, uh, you got to understand time and energy is going to be the same. It's fixed, but your influence is going to either decrease or increase. And that's variable, but it's related to timing. I think that is so powerful because we don't often think about that when change happens. You know, we think about the potential losses from our personal perspective, but we don't think about the potential losses if we don't step up and embrace change, if we don't lead ourselves well through change. And even more, I can see that if we can first lead ourselves through change in a positive way and then influence others to embrace the change, how much more our influence can increase, right? If I'm, you know, let's say a change is happening where I work in my department, I can choose to whine or shine, but if I step up to the plate and shine, but then I also help other people shine, right? If I go around, you know, encouraging them and helping them, maybe it takes me a little bit extra of my time and energy to help them learn the new computer system because I was quick to step up and adopt it and learn, but now how much more my influence can increase if I help other people step up and adopt it and, you know, talk positive about it instead of, um, instead of saying, yeah, it's tough to learn. It was tough to learn. We'll say, hey, you know, yeah, but here, let me show you some tricks or whatever it is. Um, so I really like that because we don't often think about the potential cost to our influence that our behavior and our attitude can absolutely bring. And we're we gonna define... talk about... Go ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead. I was just going to say, we're going to talk about a, a, a lot more in the next podcast episode where we talk about if you snooze, you lose. So oh. we'll be covering that more. Yeah, when change happens, if you snooze, you're definitely going to lose. So that, <laughs> that's going to be a good one. I look forward to us talking about that and sharing that with, with the audience. But, uh, you know, when a, when a person refuses to accept, embrace, and support change, they may potentially be choosing to self-terminate. Mm. They're not being fired because they chose to quit but wanted to stay. You know, that's people who quit but choose to stay. You don't like working with those people. You know those people. They're just here to get a check. They'll say it a lot of times. I'm just here to get a check. Do my, Do eight, my eight and hit the gate. <laughs> yep. And, th and there's a lot of people like that. And they're at all levels. I used to think they were only on the front line, but they're up at the top too. They just they just want a bigger check. They're just there to get a, a bigger check. So that's that's don't self-terminate when change happens. But also as a leader, I want to share with you, 
you know, when somebody does embrace and support change that you're trying to lead, make sure you give them credit. If you're a leader who's got a leader above you who's leading the change, let's say I'm a supervisor over a department and then I'm reporting to a, a manager that's up above me and the manager's actually cascading the change down through the organization and, and cascades it down to me. And so now it's my mission to cascade it through my department and I'm leading change and people are buying in. I don't just need to run around and, and hold my hand up and say, look, look at what we're doing. When that manager comes by, I need to take him out let him talk to somebody and give them credit for change, for buying into change, because that's going to just reinforce that I'm not trying to take credit for what they're doing. Because really and truly, if I'm just the leader trying to lead change and it's everyone else who actually has to change, I haven't done nothing. All I've did is motivate and inspire, influence other people to embrace change. That's my job as a leader, not to make them change, but to motivate and inspire them to change. So as a leader, if you want more people buying in, more people supporting change, leading change, embracing change, give them the credit, point them out, call your boss over and tell them about somebody who's, who's, who's on board because you need to shine the spotlight on those people because everybody needs to know these people are helping move us forward. They're the ones going to move the organization forward. The shiners, the whiners, they ain't moving the organization forward. At best, they are keeping it where it's at, but most likely they're taking us backwards. So that's a, that's a key point to think about. Mm. I want to share just one final quote um, as we wrap this episode up. And it's actually yours, Mac, but I like it. And so I'm going to share it here. Um, Mac always says, change is the foundation for success, right? If we're going to be successful, there are going to be changes. It's just simply the way it is. Yeah. If you think about it, whatever success is for you today, for you to be there, you had to have changed something in the past to be successful today. And if you're not at the, the level of success you want to be in life at this moment, guess what? you got to change something. You can't get to the next level of success without changing something about you today. And again, for me personally, that's why I read every day. Since 2008, I read every day because I'm trying to change the way that I think. I'm trying to raise my level of awareness, just trying to change everything about the way I see the world. And, and even, even if I'm doing well in some areas, I don't want to get rusty. If I don't read, I'm not thinking about it, I might kind of lose my focus. So I, I stay very intentional about uh, just trying to refresh. But I'm also looking for the nuggets, something I've never thought about or, or a way of seeing something that, I, that I've never seen it in the past. Yeah, that's good stuff. Well, all right. Well, next episode, we'll be talking about if you snooze, you will lose. So looking forward to that. Got to say one thing before we sign off, Rhea. All right. If the leader can effectively lead change, they'll be replaced by someone who will. Mm. That's what you got to know about your leader. No matter what level you're at, if you have a leader above you and they're leading change, if they can't effectively lead that change, at some point they're going to be replaced and someone else is going to be given the opportunity to lead that change. That's what I used to always know when I was leading change. If I can't make this change happen, they're going to replace me and give somebody else a chance. Yeah, and I used absolutely. to tell the frontline folks that if we can't do this, they're not going to quit trying to change and get better. They're just going to get somebody else. So if you actually like me and you don't want a stranger come try to make you change, I'm here to help you. I want to help you. I want to support you. And, but I had to build that relationship. The only reason they would like me was if I had a good relationship with them. So I had to help him understand resisting change wasn't going to cause it to stop. Most organizations, especially bigger ones, they're very intentional about getting better, increasing profit, improving quality, reducing cost. 
none of that happens without change. So if you're a formal authority leader, we're sharing a great resource with you. Talk to you next time. Make it happen or someone else will. It might as well be you. Are you serious about taking your career and your life to the next level and beyond? Check out Max Story's Blue Collar Leadership Series books and others now available on audio along with paperback and ebooks at Amazon, iTunes, and Audible. Please visit bluecollarleadership.com to learn about Max books, programs, special offers, certifications, and more. Thank you for listening to the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast.